Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world with more game-saving catches than Nick Castellanos. Yes. Uh, wow, that's. I feel like Castellanos is really creating quite a highlight reel in the outfield, of course, as we all expected. Jake Mintz, you are joining me from the auxiliary press box or maybe below the auxiliary press box in Minute Maid Park. I'm joining you from the same seat I have been joining you in from all the podcasts previously. Uh, what a game that was. <laughs> and this is the kind of Jordan game. Jordan Schusterman. Yeah. Oh, but, now, Jake, what a ball game. Just to, Oh, I'm still reeling. I'm still sweating. My heart rate is up. Yeah. Um, and my hair is down. So when we uh, committed to uh, before you know, we did our preview episodes and we said, you know what we're going to do is we're going to pod after every game. And we realized that that meant some late nights, but we also were hoping that like, you know, these would be some quick, quick and dirty, like, Hey, let's get, let's get on there. Let's say some words about the game. And I mean, where do we even begin here? This was, this was a, a, this was a movie as they say. And, and we begin with what it looks like is going to be a very boring movie. I would say it was, a, this was what was amazing about this game mm-hmm. before it was a banger. It was a stinker. It was a blowout. This was in the bag. It was on the board. It was chiseled in stone until it wasn't. The Astros hopped out early behind a pair of uh, Kyle Tucker home runs, the second of which included the first bat flip pirouette celebration I've ever seen. What did, What were your thoughts on that? That was quite a show from Tucker. Well, we, we did talk a, a little bit about how Tucker is. He's he's kind of as far as amazing top you know two percent baseball players on earth go he's about as generic as they come yes they always bring up oh he swings like ted williams but personality wise he's really not giving you much and his name is kyle tucker he's just a dude from florida right there's not a whole lot of pizzazz with him but even kyle tucker was getting into it with his two homers early we got a 5-0 lead handed to mr justin verlander we're chilling right right no, maybe not. Wrong. Oh. Wrong. Because okay. Justin Verlander in the World Series is more like, uh, oh, man, my brain's not that quick at 1245. Untrusting. <laughs> untrusting. No trust. Untrusting Verlander. Verlander. Hey, yeah. Mm. Uh, now, mm. I, I, I got to be honest, though. Like, I think I knew that he had had some clunkers, right? We didn't see him in last World Series because he was injured. And so I, it wasn't really front of mind until this week when we had four days off and everyone was like, hey, wait a minute, Justin Verlander sucked in the World Series. <laughs> and I was like, huh, how about that? But he was mowing him down for those first three innings. He was perfectly three. And it was like, okay, well, I mean, it's looked like he's figured something out. He's not going to let this happen again. Oh, just kidding. It did happen again. All the vitriol that has been directed towards Clayton Kershaw some of it 
should be redirected towards Justin Verlander. Because the fact of the matter is, he has not performed on the sport's biggest stage. Now, some of that is luck. Some of that is random chance. But maybe a little tiny part of it, whether true or not, right, is that he hasn't stepped up when the lights are brightest. We're building quite a sample size here. We're now at at O. I guess he didn't get the loss tonight, right? But he's 0-6 with an ERA over 6 and 8, uh, I believe, 8 World Series starts. Um, that's for someone that good who is an obvious first ballot Hall of Famer and maybe this year's Cy Young. Like, it's just kind of hard to believe. Like, I just... like, And, and again, in, in a game like this, where it's not like against the Mariners, where he was just getting shoved out the gate, you know, and it was like, oh, he doesn't have it. Or even, you know, against the Yankees, where he also struggled early, but then he settled in and he was just mowing him down. This was like, oh, he's got it. And then he lost it so fast. So, so, so fast. And that was what was was most stunning about this game. And how did he lose it, Jordan? The Phillies, they strung some hits together in the fourth inning against Mr. Verlander. An innocuous looking Reese Hoskins single that at the time was like a, thank God they're not going to get perfect gamed. Mm-hmm. He ended up coming around to score. The Phillies played two more in the fourth inning and then what, two more in the fifth inning mm-hmm. on the JT Real Muto double off the wall, correct? Yep, yep. And so now it's 5-5. Five, five. And now we settle in to what you would assume would be a battle of the bullpens that Houston would have an enormous advantage in. But bringing in Alvarado early and, and Rob Thompson is a huge part of this game, right? The same thing we talked about earlier in the postseason where it was like, ooh, maybe you should have brought in Alvarado in that spot. This time he was like, hell yeah, I'm going to Alvarado in this spot. And we are going to go to him. Eflin was more bold, although it was the bottom of the lineup. That was that was a lot scarier because he did not really seem to have it. Uh, and then to Ranger, who's now the secret weapon, Sir Anthony, and then Robertson. But the Alvarado move, really, I mean, he only threw seven pitches, which is, of course, huge for game two as well. A manager is only as good as the options they can use in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. At some point or another, Rob Thompson has to pitch someone that America does not trust. Okay? That Philadelphia does not trust. There will be pitchers who's, who will raise your heart rate throwing for them in this World Series. That's just how the roster is built. Mm-hmm. That's a fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said... Maybe I'm skipping too far ahead. David Robertson against Jordan Alvarez to lead off the bottom of the 10th in a one-run game is like running across hot coals. Yeah. Okay, that is juggling the sharpest swords in the drawer. It is a recipe for disaster. Now, fortunately, Jordan was not, did not look like the biggest threat, and it was Bregman who was really making making uh, making Phillies fans sweat at the end. And Bregman has just been by far the most you know consistent hitter for the Astros this postseason. But let's let's go back a little bit more because uh, we don't want to skip quite ahead to the end here. But let's just also mention the Astros, right? Because once Verlander's out, I mean Brian Abreu. I know he had a couple walks. <laughs> Dude, it's just just unbelievable. Naris comes in and gets the huge strikeout of Castellanos. Montero has a fantastic inning. Presley looks great. It's not like the Astros bullpen really faltered, at least the main characters of the Astros bullpen. They came in and they did their job as well. And the fact that the Phillies were matching them, the best bullpen in baseball, and the best bullpen of this postseason, was amazing, right? It was really, really amazing. And while it was a lull in the action for innings six through nine, 
it was also like, holy shit, we are heading for what is guaranteed to be an incredible ending. And that's one of the most fun parts about postseason baseball is when you have a tie game going to the ninth, you just know that you're going to see something special. There's no version of the game where it can't be. And that was so cool. Right. You're guaranteed wonder. Mm -hmm. And that is a very beautiful, beautiful thing. I would say the next big moment comes in the bottom of the ninth where Jose Altuve reaches on a two out parachute bloop that just dinks in to center field. He steals himself second base. Quick aside, shouts out to Kyle Schwarber for stealing a taco oh. for America. <laughs> uh, I also, I don't know how well you could see the replay of the stolen base. So I definitely agree that it was definitely not enough to overturn it. But the craziest play, the craziest part about that play, and I don't know if you saw the super duper close replay, it looked like the ball hit his leg and went into the glove, which is, I'm not sure I've ever seen... <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen that, where it is. it was a direct ricochet into Segura's glove off of Altuve's leg on the fly, um, which was just an incredible thing. Now, that I'm, I'm glad that that wasn't overturned, because then we were gifted another bloop, and here comes Nick Castellanos, of all people, to save the day once again. I thought it was down. JT Real Muto in the post-game press conference admitted he thought it was down. I think everybody in the universe thought that ball was going to kerplop itself in off the bat of Jeremy Pena, except for the irrational legend that is Nick Castellanos, who is a bad defender. Let's just get that out of the way. During the regular season, he was the second worst defensive outfielder in baseball behind only Juan Soto. Mm -hmm. But so far this postseason, Castellanos has been outstanding. It is the second enormous catch he's made on a play coming in. And I think I tweeted something along these lines, Jordan, but it's amazing because we don't expect him to catch it, right? It's like he's running towards the ball and it's like, oh God, he's going to fall on his face and the Astros are going to walk this off on back-to-back bloops and a steal that was a bang-bang play. And it's like that would have been a pretty icky way for this to end narrative-wise. But by the, the grace of the God above... Nick Castellanos got on his horse and yeah. reeled in the biggest catch of his life. Yeah, and I love that uh, in his his walk-off interview with with Rosenthal, he he said, like, you know, Rosenthal asked him, like, okay, like, dude, you made two amazing catches. Like, you're not known for your defense. He's like, he said, you know, in the regular season, I it's harder for me to stay focused. But, like, in the playoffs, like, I'm locked in more than I ever have been in my life. And that doesn't necessarily make him a great defender, but it probably does give him that extra jump, right? Because for him, he's not a fast dude. He needs to break in as fast as he possibly can. And anything less than that, he's not getting to that ball, right? And that is the kind of focus that clearly has leveled up. And, and also, if another player said that, I'd be like, that's a weird thing to say. But for somewhat uh, of a space cadet that Nick Castellanos <laughs> appears to be at times, and I mean that lovingly, uh, it is extremely believable. I can relate. Yeah. 100%. If I was a defensive outfielder, if I was an outfielder in the big leagues, I would have a similar problem. Yeah. An inability to lock in over the course of an 162-game <laughs> season. That is something, look, you know, I take my Adderall every day. Nick yeah. Castellanos, I would recommend an exemption. It was truly one of those moments that if the Phillies do go on to win the World Series, will be replayed forever because it's irrational, mm -hmm. right? It's quite literally inexplicable, unbelievable. 
Nick Castellanos of all freaking people who's only out there because Bryce Harper can't throw. <laughs> and which was great because great job by the by the Fox production crew immediately showed Harper in the dugout, which this was the first game that I maybe maybe they've been doing this more and I haven't been watching close enough. They were showing Harper in the dugout so much. And it was just reminding me like, oh yeah, like he, the dude's, I, I know he's been DH and we've talked about it all the time, but as far as just like him having to just sit in the back and watch <laughs> defensive innings, right? It's like, he can't be out there and doing anything about it. But no, it, it was so cool. And it was also a reminder that it was like, oh yeah, like the Phillies have the magic right now. That doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win it all, right? Like the Astros played, like there were parts of them that still basically looked like the Astros. <laughs> um, but Phillies have the magic right now, and now they have a one nothing lead. Any okay, so now we go to the, the extra innings. Okay. Um, here's a funny thing. I'll, let's be transparent. It's 2 a.m. This is the second extra dramatic extra inning home run for which I was on the toilet when it happened. <laughs> mm. Because that's mm. where I was for Jeremy Pena. <laughs> Which I don't think I said originally. Amazing. But as it, when it happened again, I was like, wow, really? Because I was not, even with the middle of the order, I was like, I need to get off the couch. I hadn't gotten off the couch for basically six innings. And I was like, all right, well, let's just go. We, we're, 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 I'm gearing up for 18 innings again. <laughs> so I go and then and then suddenly I'm like, wait, well, I just, I get the notification. And I said, what? How was that? Oh, okay. Phillies just hit a home run. JT Real Muto who had the double earlier delivers the go-ahead dinger over the, as I pointed out, the underratedly short wall in right field. You got to be able to pee, Jordan, Mm -hmm. in the two minutes given to you (laughs) during the commercial break when you're on your couch. Yeah. Like you are playing a home game. Totally. That needs to be done better by you. And I will not accept it happening again. If it happens again, Totally, I will seek a new podcast partner. That, I just want to be. These very are great clear about again. This. I'm, 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 I'm just being honest here. I, I'm just, I'm just trying to be, be very clear about what happened. Right, right. This was, this was just like, oh my god. All right, here we go. I was out. Were you kidding me? I was over there. I was, I was, I was, I was chilling, doing a little sit to pee action, trying to just catch up on Twitter, trying to lock in on the game. I, I went. I was, and then suddenly I was like, oh wait, Phillies, Phillies hit a home run. Okay. See, this is the problem. Kids these days are just always on their phones. You. <laughs> you know, you know the idea of doom scrolling. You know, doom scrolling yes, when you yes, but you were doomed by scrolling. You're right, and and it's true. It, and the irony is that I I hadn't been looking at my phone for the previous three innings, and there I was. All right, anyway, Jordan, you are not like Nick Castellanos. You do not lock in more when it comes to the postseason. Oh, you're right, but JT here's Real my experience. Muto. I'm yeah. Oh yeah, JT Real Muto was locked in. I'm sitting in the regular press box for this, not the auxiliary box because. What happens is the PR people for the various teams as the game reaches later innings go down to the tunnel mm-hmm. and they vacate their seats in the press box and so seats open up. So I was sitting in the main press box next to uh, our friend and former podcast guest, Jeff Passan. Real Muto makes contact and the ball starts tailing towards right. And at the exact same time, I grab Jeff's arm as he goes, that could be something real. That's what Jeff said. That could be something real. And I grabbed his arm. I said, oh, Jeff. And it just curves, curves, curves. Tucker leaps, and it is just above his grasp. I mean, if he snags it, it's one of the greatest catches of all time. Like, 
I think. He, do you think there's anyone in the world who can catch that ball? Um, like so, there was a does great Mookie angle. catch it? Does Judge catch it? There was a great angle that they showed that made me think that Tucker's effort was basically 99th percentile. Like he got up and he got up. back. Like it. I maybe maybe Judge, but I it it would have required a jump kind of up like he would have needed to gain elevation jumping up off the wall instead of just off the ground then maybe but you would have had to get back there so fast and i, I don't think that was bo does bo jackson catch that ball <laughs> i'm not i'm who am i to declare bo jackson can't do something um but this is the, the point to make about this and, and sure as of course yankees fans are like oh it's the same thing the judge hit all oh, the roof blah blah whatever um this wasn't a bad pitch from Luis Garcia. <laughs> it wasn't, right? And this is uh, the grander theme, and we had the Real Muto double earlier, and something you talked about in our previews is just an appreciation for Real Muto, the best catcher in baseball, to have these moments, a guy who was never in the postseason before this year. Um, it's amazing, man. I mean, he these is this was a hell of a freaking game and a hell of a freaking time to, to hit a home run like that. JT Real Muto goes underappreciated and we've talked about this, because his final stat line is not impressive, right? In a way that it is for elite level hitters who are outfielders or first basemen or shortstops, because being a catcher sucks your offensive ceiling down so much. And so what he is, is impressive because he is two things. He is one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, and he is probably the best offensive catcher in baseball. Mm -hmm. And Together, it's a remarkable thing. He got drilled in the face with a foul tip yeah. during the game. This is actually what I'm writing about tonight. And in between the two biggest swings of his life, he just gets fucking nailed in the in the kisser with a ball. And he, in the postgame, was like, yeah, it might be hard for me to chew tonight because it hit me in the jaw, not the head. It hit him in the jaw. Yeah, it was and a so, straight jaw shot. And then, boom, home run. Home run. Doesn't even matter. Um, He's incredible. I have gained, I think I said this on the last pod, like I've just gained such an appreciation for him as a player. He's incredibly fun to watch and even more so in person. Let's skip ahead to the bottom of the ninth. At which point, Jordan, uh, an inning or so before, I made a bet with our uh, colleague at Fox Sports, Pedro Mora, where he said, I think Robertson's going to get the save in this game. And I said, I will bet you he doesn't. I'll say I gave Pedro four to one odds that David Robertson would not get a save in this game. And this is when it was tied. Okay. And so in jogs, David Robertson for the save. And David Robertson is a pros pro. He is a reliever's reliever. He's been around the block and back again. And we knew he wouldn't blink. He wouldn't shit his pants. But what he might do is give a home run to up to Jordan Alvarez that you know, leaves the hemisphere. Somehow he struck out Alvarez in the, I think the biggest literal David Robertson versus Goliath <laughs> moment of October. Yeah. And, and Jordan again, didn't he's just missing some, some hittable pitches. It seemed like, and then just really was, was fooled on a, on just a spike curveball that was really nowhere near the zone um, for the strikeout. Now, my question to you is now I don't doubt your, I don't blame. I don't know if you were thinking someone else was going to come in. I guess that would be the question because who, who else were you expecting at that point? <laughs> no, there are no other options. Right, right. This is the thing about the Phillies, yeah. right? Is like if You're they want to win the World Series, yeah. 
if the Phillies want to win the World Series, dumb shit needs to happen. Mm -hmm. They need to escape moments mm -hmm. in which they are not supposed to escape, right. where the numbers say that David Robertson is likely to give up at least one run to the middle of the fucking Astros lineup. Right. But sometimes you hit line drives at people and sometimes you strike guys out anyway. Right. All right. And that's what we had tonight. Well, let's get to the, the rest of the dumb shit in the inning that you're mentioning. Let's fast forward a little bit in that inning. He gets past Alvarez. <laughs> and then here comes Alex Bregman. Okay. Alex Bregman, as we mentioned, he's just been delivering over and over. And he, I, I mean, it's again, not a bad, not that bad of a pitch, but he reaches out and yanks it off of the Crawford boxes, not into the Crawford boxes, but off of it, out of the outstretched glove of Kyle Schwarber, his best efforts <laughs> in left field. Uh, and then Kyle Tucker comes up, looking, still looking for home run number three, and Robertson gets him swinging on a couple gnarly breakers. Then here comes Yuli Gurriel with the tying run on second base, and Yuli Gurriel, who has not walked or struck out once the entire postseason. And so you know... That this guy is, you're not striking. If you can try a Kyle Tucker, that's fine. But also, you could presumably get him to expand the zone, right? But instead, Yuli Gurriel remained disciplined. Robertson did not give him anything to hit. And instead of flailing at pitches outside and trying to poke it the other way, he decided, I will pass the bat to Aledmus Diaz. Pinch. Pass the baton. Next man up. Alenmus Diaz comes to the dish because Trey Mancini, one of the nicest human beings you will ever met, ever, ever meet in your life, is not it right now. He is locked out, Jordan. He is <laughs> locked not out seeing is exactly it. You know when phrase. players are like, oh, it was coming in like a beach ball. It's coming in like a fucking pee, <laughs> like a speck of dust right now for Mr. Mancini. And this is where I will, before we get to how the Alenmus Diaz uh, at bat went. This is the first time where I was like, maybe this Astros roster isn't good enough. It was the first time the whole year. I was like, maybe it's not, maybe they should have traded for David Peralta or Robbie Grossman or something else. And not that that was a guaranteed fix here, but it was, I mean, they were hoping Mancini was going to be more of an impact and he simply hasn't, right? Unfortunately, he hasn't. But they just do not have a left-handed option on their bench at all. And so instead, here comes Aledmus Diaz, who has had has had big hits, certainly against the Mariners, has had big hits, but has not been good this postseason. And tell me what happens in this at-bat Okay, so he works a 3-0 count. Robertson is on the ropes. Well, he does well, not... Go ahead. He, sp he spikes one. Oh, right, right, right. And we get runners, two runners in the scoring position. Pass Real Mudo. Then he almost hits Diaz with the curve that is completely just slips out of his hand. Diaz does get out of the way. Diaz makes an attempt. He is like, I am. Not, it looks like he decided, I am not going to get hit by this pitch. And then Robertson throws a slider inside. And Oledmus decides, I'm not missing. <laughs> I'm not missing my chance at, at this HBP again. I got to get on. I got to get on. For, Ch for Chazzle Dazzle, we got to get Chaz McCormick in this box. All right, I, I can't hit. Chaz McCormick's been raking. Oh, boy. Well, James Hoy wasn't having it. He leans it. in. James Hoy wasn't mm -mm. having it behind the dish. Mm -mm. 
Did you have you watched Jordan. the clip yet? Yeah. He literally said Jordan stay He said right stay right here. here. Stay right here. Now, for those of you who are un unsure what stay right here means, let us explain. It is one of our favorite things in the world of baseball. It is something that you see regularly in college baseball where there are more players in college baseball who know they suck, right? And are literally just trying to get plunked all the time and just leaning into pitches. And it is a point of emphasis for the umps there. And they will scream, stay right here, stay right here. Whenever a player purposefully leans into a pitch, you very rarely see it at the big league level. And even more rarely is the ninth inning of a World Series game. Ten. What, or tenth inning, tenth inning. What the fuck? Stay right here, Jordan. It was not just stay right here. We got the stay right here. And I got you listening. The emphatic point into the batter's box. You are not going anywhere, sir, Mr. Diaz. And Diaz had the audacity to look at him like, well, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Everyone loved the call. I loved all the tweets. So like, this is the first stump I've ever loved. Hilarious. It was the right call. Now it is weird. It, it, it was a ball. It wasn't like, I, I don't think he leaned over the strike zone, but yeah, it was, he leaned into it, right? Automatic ball. Now it's 3-0. Robertson it's, looks like he's got nothing. It's 3-0, right? Robertson has thrown a, a 53-foot curveball a slip curveball over his head, basically, and then a slider inside that Diaz, again, just leaned into. And Alemis Diaz just swings out of his ass at a slider and whiffs. And it's like, I, I mean, talk about go back to college baseball. If you, I mean, maybe he did have a green light. I just can't, like, that's what I want to know about. <laughs> Even more than leaning in is is swinging at that pitch when Robertson seemed to have nothing left. But instead, he whiffs, and then grounds one to Edmundo Sosa, and the Phillies win game one. Holy shit. Holy shit. One of the better baseball games I've ever seen in person. It had everything you could ever ask for. And I think the most important thing about it is that for two or three innings of this game, it felt like the Astros could just run away with this thing, pummel the Phillies into submission, and it would be a boring, forgettable World Series. The Astros would get their ring, and the Phillies would be nothing but a cute footnote, you know, in baseball history. With this win today, we are more or less guaranteed a series, right? We are <laughs> We are going to get stuff. Stuff is going to happen. We have seen the beginning of the insanity, okay? Not the end. This was the appetizer, the amuse-bouche. It is only going to get more unhinged from here. And for that, I am extremely grateful. Yes. And honestly, you know, instead of going too deep on a Game 2 preview, all you need to know is that both teams used all of their best pitchers out of the bullpen. The only guys who did not throw uh, out of the bullpen for uh, for Houston are Hunter Brown and uh, Will Smith, and I guess Urquidy as well. Um, and for the Phillies, you know, we got Brogdon, we got Bilotti, we got Brad Hand, Syndergaard, Gibson, Nick Nelson, who got added to the roster. Alvarado only threw seven pitches. I mean, I assume everyone's still available tomorrow, but, you know, not necessarily as fresh. Now, like you said, it's on. And all those conversations we had about games three and four, yes, there's a travel day. Yes, there's an off day. 
but it is more likely that both teams will be even more gassed, which makes everything more interesting. And and that is the thing. Like you said, like this just sets it up. This was an incredible victory for the Phillies. It puts them in amazing shape to pull off this incredible upset. But it, let's not act like the Astros played like shit tonight. Justin Verlander totally blew it. And then Luis Garcia had a good pitch hit over the fence. <laughs> like that is pretty. And then, and then, and then Aledmus Diaz, you know, kind of embarrassed himself on national TV. But for the most part, it's not like the Astros totally bungled this. Missed opportunity for sure. But I don't come out. I come out to saying these teams are much closer than we thought. And the Phillies have a chance. But like you said, I'm just excited to be guaranteed uh, an amazing series. There were three innings where the gap was so wide. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, my God, Justin Verlander is incredible. Mm-hmm. And they already got to Aaron Nola. And like everyone's hitting this. Martin Maldonado is, you know. <laughs> coming through on hit and run opportunity like what the hell this is going to be over before we can blink right and then the Astros bats went cold for a while right now Mm -hmm. the Phillies quieted them and they deserve some credit and you know good pitching versus bad hitting whoever fucking knows but it the gap is smaller than we thought because the Phillies are not the 87 win Phillies the Astros are the 106 win Astros right that is true but the Phillies are not playing like an 87-win team right now. They're not constructed like an 87-win team right now. And moving forward, I am happy that they are going to get the respect mm-hmm. of an 88-win team. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> this is going to be great. This was also supposed to be the game where the the starters went long mm-hmm. and they would save the bullpen arms for later in the series. And that just didn't happen. And that's going to make later games even more manic. But even before we, we jump ahead to, to the games in Philly, Game two on Saturday, Fromber, Mr. Quality Start. Now is the time to do it, my friend, because, because they are going to need uh, as, 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 much, as much rest as they can get. I, again, I'm sure all those guys are still available, um, but Wheeler as well, who's, who's been sensational. I can't wait for game two. Uh, I think we'll I think we'll cut it off there. Uh, we'll we'll leave this one here. Uh, any any final? I want to ask you this go? after. Yeah, I want to ask you this after each game, Jordan. You said Astros in six. Any desire to change that prediction after tonight's game? I like to alter the games or the winner. I'm just curious. After every game, I'm curious. Um, no, I feel. I mean, I guess I would. No, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think just yet. No. You know what? It's making me feel I'm very glad I didn't say Astros in five. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, but no, this was this was an amazing game. And um, and yeah, it, because of how this went, not just the stakes for the Astros tomorrow, but because of what it means for how these managers are going to have to make some tough decisions with the bullpen, it just sets up uh, what is, should be a, a tremendous series. So we'll cut it off here. Uh, thank you, Jake Mintz, for joining me from uh from minute Maid park uh thank you to chris tyler for producing this so that you fine listeners can enjoy it we hope everyone enjoyed our preview episodes we had a lot of fun with that um but yeah if you have world series thoughts you can email us baseballbarbercast at gmail.com again we're going to be doing these after every game so we'll have another one of those coming to you on sunday uh but until then uh enjoy the world series because it's looking like a pretty good one Series XM Podcasts.